Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, folks. Welcome to the Offload Delay podcast. And look at this. Look who I managed to wrangle in here. What we a motley crew. Mrs. Hello, hello. and Mr. Lindley, the podcasters themselves. Uh, we have Ashley and Ryan. Welcome. Nice to be Thanks, here. buddy. So glad to Ashley, have you on. You, Ashley, put yourself in the center of the screen there. How about there you uh, go? <laughs> I, I tend to lean. Move That's them. okay. <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll just give you the whole screen, Ash. Is that easier? And then you can see yeah. yourself out. Then you can put wherever you put yourself yeah. wherever you want. Actually, uh, we need Ashley on the screen to help us out with hair and other looks and everything else to make us balanced here. Uh, I was, yeah, I was going to say just, just to balance, yeah, balance the actual. Before we get out. going, let's, let's, let's get the elephant out of the room here and just pull up this logo here. Let's just oh, uh, oh, say I just, today. I just happen to have. Look too. at that. High Cats football. Why are we showing that? Well, that's Matching congratulations matches. to these Hamiltonians here. When I was trying to arrange this podcast to get rolling this afternoon, Ryan was busily watching the Eastern CFL final against yeah. the uh, rival Torontonian Argonauts. And they won. And sorry today. about they that. They won today. So, congrats. I just wanted to tribute you guys, uh, salute you guys and your team. Congrats on a big win to get into the Great Cup that you are actually. Woo-hoo hosting next weekend yes sir yes so sir you're, you're, you're in hometown event, your home team in the old steel town will be there and uh are you going are you heading out nah not at this point but you know what there's a lot of people in town here that have uh ticket connections and if the right scenario does pop up you never know maybe maybe oh, yeah we'll see <laughs> but i don't have any i don't have any actual concrete plans at this point to go well, although it's usually a, mess. A, a bit of a party, I imagine, or a bit of a gathering at the Lindley's, I would assume. Even well, uh, we'll, we'll, two people, maybe. Well, three. we'll def- definitely be watching. Um, maybe some neighbors. Uh, we'll see what goes on. It'll be a, uh, you know, flash your QR code and uh, you can come and have beers in the garage, maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, um, yeah, it's uh, the Arkells are playing, which is the hometown band. The Lumineers are now a special guest. They just announced for the halftime show with the Arkells. It's going to be insane. So mm-hmm. I would like to go live if I can, but I still got to take it a little bit easy. And I I don't want to get stranded downtown trying to find an Uber yeah. to get home because we've been through that before. I was going to say that's happened before. <laughs> yeah. The Arkells were also involved. Yeah. Oh, really? So, oh, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. went to an Arkells show and we ended up uh, almost walking halfway home up the mountain because we couldn't get a ride. And finally, uh, 
the last bus, the last uh, connection of uh, city buses ended up catching us and picking us up. And, and I think it's the only time we've ever ridden a bus together. I had never been. I hadn't been on a bus in 20 years at that point. I Like the bus talks to you now. Did you know the yeah. buses talk? No idea. Like they tell you what stops are coming up and stuff. It's like last time I was on a bus, it smelled like piss and uh, a diesel exhaust. And um, somebody yeah, was yelling at you. You didn't know. Yeah, it's so yeah. cool now. It's like, this is the neatest thing ever. And we didn't I have to pay so. either. Remember that? They actually mm-hmm. let us on for free. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whenever so, we do like big, big events in town, the HSR tends to to hook it up and, and say like, you know, these, these routes are free to, you know, from here to here. Or they set up a shuttle for the games and stuff like that. They're pretty cool. They don't yeah, like well, people drinking and driving. So they're going to definitely be in full demand next weekend. Probably all yeah, week. There's got to be festivities all week, is there? For a great they, uh, it's very toned down. I actually watched the press conference last week of the mayor and uh, the chair of um, the Hamilton Tide Cats and Tim Hortons Field. And they, uh, they, it's very toned down compared to the last time we hosted the Grey Cup, which was an absolute, just a shit show of a party. It was great. Yeah. But was um, great. yeah, but now there, uh, there's some, there's some stuff happening at the convention center. Uh, with limited capacity, obviously because of COVID, uh, the award ceremonies here in Hamilton this year, because we also have the the CFL Hall of Fame in town, right? So that'll be cool. The cup gets here, um, I think Monday or Tuesday, so there'll be a couple of like small events, but nothing like street party wise like we used to do because of obviously because of COVID. So. Mm-hmm. It still that, should be a, an interesting week to to keep an eye on the Steel Town if you're uh, if you're interested. It's, you could uh, be doing worse things, that's for sure, right, Ryan? Yeah, yeah you especially. For sure. So for those of the of, of you watching, listening out there that don't know Ashley and Ryan, they are actually fellow podcasters um, who host their own podcast here with the Sheeple Shepherd, another that's fantastic awesome. podcast that's featured on the Dean Blundell Network, DeanBlundell.com. Yeah. And I came to know Ashley and Ryan through that kind of world of podcasting and interviewing. And and um, I also came to learn of an unfortunate incident that transpired over the last couple of weeks for Mr. Lindley himself, where mm-hmm. you got quite ill, Ryan. And um, you got quite ill during the time when people are saying it's probably the worst time to get ill with the pandemic going on and the state of the healthcare system and what we're dealing with. Um, so I wanted to bring Ryan and Ashley on to discuss kind of the trials and tribulations of healthcare, uh, specifically the uh, emergency departments during a pandemic and uh, their view. I have my views from my side where I have my own issues at work in the ambulance and the fire truck, wherever we're dealing with healthcare as does Ashley, who's also in the industry in her own capacity, but, this was a different view for Ashley being on the outside looking in and no definitely kidding. from for Ryan, who was uh, right here on the inside. <laughs> that looking, handsome devil. Yeah, look at that. It's a great view. I know there's no cameras yeah. or phones allowed in the ER, so I'm not going to even wonder or, or question how that picture got taken, let alone a full podcast. But I did gonna, an actual that one aside. Yeah. I did an actual so, podcast from that bed in the ER. <laughs> that's unbelievable. When I I watched yeah. that one and I was just so proud of you. And we'll get to that picture later because I'm gonna bring in basically the first time Ashley was able to see it after yeah. this was going on. So take us back a bit, Ryan, if you will. You were feeling unwell. Uh we don't necessarily need any more details than you're willing to give. 
Oh, you, I, I, you were fighting some ailments, and you've now posted a blog on DeanBlundell.com outlining a lot of this. Yeah. But you were fighting some some unwell, some not feeling too great, and you knew something was up, so you went and sought help. And how did that go? <laughs> so back in October, I uh, I developed a bit of a cough, and uh, it was it was persistent. It was pretty bad. About a week into that cough, I noticed like there was even some blood coming up and, but nothing like serious or major. It was just streaky. And, and, and I, I know the difference between, between like arterial blood and like bad blood. So I was like, yeah, it's probably just my throat getting chopped up from all the coughing. And, uh, I said, um, at Lachlan, actually Lachlan Cross, I was going through the exact same thing at the same time. And, uh, every, and I think somebody here in town that, that, that we're friends with, um, as well. And it was a viral thing and it was, oh, it's no big deal. You know, this will go away on its own. Kept up, kept going. And, uh, I said, you know, by the time, uh, November rolled around, it started to subside and it felt okay. The blood was all gone. Like it was nothing like that. It was just a, like a minor tickle kind of thing. And so I thought onward and upward, you know, it's, it's doing its thing. It's, it's on its way out. Um, then on the Saturday or the Friday, uh, leading up to, uh, the weekend that I was going to Blundell's place for, uh, for, for fatter day, we were having this, this big, uh, barbecue feast we were going to do. And, uh, I was up late, had the smoker going, you know, like just on my feet, uh, just, and, and I was exhausted, finished up around two o'clock in the morning, um, passed out, woke up in the morning the next day and it was like night and day. I went to get up and I had zero energy. I couldn't breathe. Like I couldn't catch my breath. Every time I went to go and move, it felt like I had gone for a jog, right? So it was like, something's not right. And I went for the, the, the turning, the TSN turning point that day was the shower. I went for a shower, a steamy hot shower, and I couldn't breathe in the shower. I literally had to like pull myself out of the shower curtain and get my head into the colder air to try and feel feel the, the the air coming into my lungs. Out of breath, and again, all I'm doing is showering. You're not; it's nothing, nothing crazily like strenuous. So, got out of the shower, laid in the bed, let, did my thing. You know, like caught my breath, let my heart rate come because my heart was just pounding at this point. And uh, packed the car up and headed for uh, for Toronto and went to Dean's place. Wasn't good when I got there. <laughs> he ended up uh, uh, playing nursemaid for a bit, trying to get me into the house because like, I couldn't even like I was just going to drop the stuff off and go home. And he said, uh, you know, maybe you should just like take a load off for a minute <laughs> and try and catch your breath because I don't want you driving the way you are. So I sat, had something to eat because I hadn't eaten at that point in the day. So I figured, okay, maybe it's my blood sugar. I was so exhausted from yesterday, like making every excuse in my head that there's nothing wrong with me. And um, once I was down, like sitting in a, a chair comfortably, I was fine. Like even to have a conversation, I wasn't out of breath. Everything was okay. But as soon as I went to use any sort of muscle in my body, other than my uh, diaphragm to speak, I guess, uh, it, it felt like like everything got drained out of me. And 
obviously I didn't have a, uh, um, pulse oximeter like I do now to, uh, to see exactly how much I was lacking oxygen and how I'm only bad laughing now because we're at the other side, Ryan. Mm-hmm. We can oh, laugh same here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh no. Okay. You have to laugh. No. And I was laughing through the whole thing at this point. So it's, it's right. okay, Brad, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> believe me. And what they give me on, on the main show mm-hmm. is nothing compared to yeah. I agree. Giggles, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I, uh, we had a great night. Everything was fine. Drove home about 1130, got home just after midnight. And, um, the next day, Sunday was, I was toast. Like I was, uh, I, there was something wrong. So I called in sick and had plans, call the doctor nine o'clock, get some antibiotics. It must be pneumonia or something, you know, something's not right. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, I asked uh, if I can get antibiotics. I said, no, you know, it's probably still just that viral thing. I said, well, I at least want an x-ray. Can you at least order x-rays? to?" And they're like, yeah, you know what? Fine. Let's, let's send you for an x-ray and see what's going on. And if you don't hear from us, no news is good news, uh, which is the worst thing a doctor can say to you because any news, all news should be relayed, good or bad. Uh, you don't leave people hanging. Or is it good news? Exactly. So I got there and it was one of those, um, those, you know, private clinics, whatever the life lab kind of deal is. I don't, I can't remember the name of the the clinic, but they, they offer, they offered the pocket health, um, option where you can, you know, pay two 99 and get your own imaging and all your radiology reports sent to you and by email. And I'm not like, I've got a bit of a, a background in, in terminology. I've got a bit of background and like, I, I understand, I know that, you know, a cough doesn't mean you have full body cancer, you know, like I'm, I'm the, I'm the guy that can actually Google a symptom and, and know how to read a symptom without saying you're going to die tomorrow. Right. Meanwhile, <laughs> I almost did die tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So, but I still downplayed it when I saw it. And, uh, it was, it, it was like a, a major, uh, plural effusion in one lung and a minor one in the other. There was Which thickening for everyone of, out there is a bunch of fluid surrounding the lung. So it can't expand properly. Exactly. Yeah. So th- that was causing the shortness of breath. Um, the thickening of the, the, the bronchial, um, tree inside of my right. lungs. And it which, can only thicken with certain things, right? And it was Not edema. Just, yeah. It was deemed as it was an edema, but they weren't sure if it was a developing or resolving edema from either pneumonia or bronchitis or maybe even something more more sinister or bad. So I um I read this and I was I was moderately alarmed and phoned the doctor's office the next day and said, "Did you guys get the the X ray?" I actually lied when I phoned and I said. Um, the lab says that uh, they didn't know where to send it. We just wanted to make sure you guys got it. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, we got it. I was like, okay, so Wait, now I've confirmed. Who, who are you talking to then at that point? Reception okay, at my doctor's so office. Is the reception a physician? Is the reception a Oh, absolutely physician? not. A nurse? Nope. No, no, no probably no. a standard a, a secretary. Citizen. Just a, yeah. yeah, just a standard secretary, yeah. medical secretary. Yeah, speak to hundreds of people a day to book appointments and, and, and take information with zero medical degree. There's no diploma on the wall behind them in their secretary office. Right. So, um, they said, yeah, we got it. Uh, if there's anything, the doctor will call you. So I said, 
I didn't talk to my doctor on the phone that day, by the way, I talked to one of the doctors in the, in the, cause it's like a, a health uh, network where my doctor's office is. And I said, is that doctor even there today? And they said, no. So how the hell is he going to see it anyway? Unless he's looking at reports from home, which he's not doing. So, oh, he's not back till Friday. I found out. Well, fast forward to Wednesday when I'm in the ER. Finally, um, after five phone calls to the doctor's office between Monday and Wednesday, they finally got so, I don't know if it, I, I'm going to use the word annoyed or I was very persistent, obviously. And uh, they finally, they, they were fed up and said, call the on-call doctor. This was Wednesday. Call the on-call doctor after 5 p.m. And because uh, nobody, want, apparently nobody wants to talk to you. But they didn't have the doctor call you. They said no. you call in. You no, know, I called person. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, literally called at 5.01, left the message with the uh, the answering service. The on-call doctor called me back by in about 20 minutes, half an hour. And uh, I was on the phone with him for all of four minutes. And he had the report and the x-ray in front of him. And he said, you need to get yourself to an emergency room right away. Yeah, like right away. And I said, okay, um, I'm gone. So I took off. Went, drove myself to uh, Jurovinsky, Hamilton Health Sciences. Big shout out, by the way. Fuck, these guys are amazing. Yes. Amazing hospital, amazing doctors, mm-hmm. amazing nurses. Just the staff was incredible. Um, drove myself there, parked um, in a, a spot that I knew. I was thinking, I'm going to go in, I'm going to get some penicillin, and I'm going to walk out. You know, one of those is going to be here for a few hours and uh, parked in a spot that I knew that I'd get towed if I stayed overnight and uh, didn't care. It was the closest thing I could find to the door because I still had to walk and I'm still feeling that incredible exhaustion and just dreadful shortness of breath. And I stopped at least a dozen times between the car and the and the the emergency room doors to catch my breath and lean up against it's on a hill. Yeah, it's the, it's the, 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 the emergency. Way on a hill. Oh, both yeah. of them. Both sides are on a hill, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever been to um, Jurovinsky Hospital in Hamilton. It's the old Henderson Hospital. But it's on, like, the, the emergency room is here. But the ramp for the ambulance or whoever drives up, it's, it's, like, it's like a crest, right? So <laughs> it's uphill both ways. Now, were you so getting, I, uh, did anyone give you help along the way here? Well, I could have. I, I, I probably could have. Um, flagged one of the ambulance uh, attendants or, or the paramedics that were there uh, down because there was a few going in and out. And I was, I, I was actually thinking about, Hey man, can you just give me a lift up the hill? <laughs> you know, one of those, but I made it and uh, got in and it was probably to um, my benefit to do it that way because what it had done is it, it increased my heart rate to like an insane amount. My, uh, my, my oxygen was in the basement and, so when I did triage, it was like, this guy needs to see somebody right away. So you performed so, your own stress test. Pretty much. Walking <laughs> in the door, yeah. So a- yeah. Ashley, Ashley, this is all going on. Where where are you at? Well, first of all, when the symptoms started, you were obviously with Ryan. Oh, yeah. When you went to Fatterday. She wasn't there. It was just it Dean was, and I. Ashley was helping prep, correct, then? Yeah. Fatterday? I remember seeing some yep. of her goodies posted online. Yeah. And this Saturday that we're talking about was this food festivities at Dean Blundell's uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Casa de, de Blundell. And yep. uh, so 
you have no idea this is going on on the Saturday, Ashley, while he's gone? Well, you know what? He, you know, obviously he's on a long drive. So it was like, you know what? Text me when you get where you're going. Um, drive safe. Have a good time. And I shot him a message just asking, like, you know, how's the trip? How you doing? And he said, you know what? I'm I'm considering turning around. Like, I might just drop everything off. I might come home. I'm not doing so hot. And, like, I was sad because I wanted them to have a great time. And I was like, come on, it's Saturday. Like, there's no way. Ryan doesn't get that sick. So I was, like, kind of in disbelief. Like, no way you're going to turn the car around on Saturday. This isn't happening right now. So I, I knew that I knew he wasn't doing good. Um, I didn't know exactly how worried I needed to be still at this point in time, of course. Um, but I mean, like I said, just for you to say, I'm coming home. Right. Especially yeah. after this big event, this is, this is something that had been advertised, planned. You got to follow yeah, through here. We were like, all on we, we had special, we had special guests like, uh, oh. Dr. Viv was at the house. Like I'm real. Yeah, it this was, was a uh, big deal for people that are just uh, to, to put it in perspective. This was no just a casual gathering. This was a planned event. Big deal mm-hmm. to Ryan. He gets there. He's so incapacitated that he has a, a, an issue with the stairs in the house. And there were quite a few stairs in that house. But yeah, you have issues with that. And yeah. now you're telling your wife, you don't even know if you can stay. So what what I, how I want to kind of piece this all together was you were essentially describing every characteristic of exertional shortness of breath, exertional respiratory distress during a respiratory pandemic. And you've been now, such a pro that morning, that morning I did perform a rapid test on myself because I felt so shitty and we have rapid tests in the house. And I said, I'm not going to be that guy that's going to bring COVID to Dean Blundell's house. That was a great um, quote in your article. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I took the I took the rapid test. It tested negative, uh, double vaxxed. It, it, it was one of those. I know this is caused by whatever is going on that I've had for a month. So I was comfortable in the fact that or I more. knew I wasn't. Yeah, right. I wasn't. I wasn't um, uh, contagious. I've been around and Ashley. Not, Ashley's never had a problem. You were double vaccinated quite a while ago, and you were. At, you're actually mm-hmm. such an advocate. You're very much a pro-vaxxer, as as am I. As oh, absolutely, a, as a, and and you're very much a voice on your your podcast that you're you're featured on. That it was too easy for the the predators that sit in the weeds to they just, they just had to pounce. Oh, they, they had did to come out and say, "Oh, this is you know what you shouldn't have got the vaccination. You shouldn't." Have did you see? It. Did you see those those I, comments? I was seeing, yeah, and, yeah, and they instantly go to that. Yeah. Mean, meanwhile, there's a million and one things that could cause. Well, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't explained exactly what That's was right. wrong with yeah. me yet, right? So right. they wouldn't like your your. But instantly, your it doesn't matter. You got yeah. sick, and you had oh, a yeah. vaccination months ago, and this immediately it's period the of vaccination issues of two, three months, whatever it was for you, that must be it. They don't, they don't, yeah, they don't look at any. Uh, we we call it differential diagnosing, right? Yep. You got to look at everything. And you yeah. got to say, okay, worst case is this. Let's not put our mind there. Best case, it's this. Let's go somewhere in the middle yep. and figure it all out. So yeah, you work up in diagnosis. Like when you're working in, in a differential diagnosis, you work up. You don't work down. Except work in the ambulance. The, quite except, often, well, all, all, I'm talking. Right, uh, yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, you're, in you're, diagnostics. You're right. In diagnostics. You don't go right to the one in a million yeah. never seen in Canada. You don't do yeah. that. You go yeah. kind of for the, he has the Ebola. Happy That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so 
poor Ashley's sitting at home. She hears that you're not doing well and you're on your way home. She's witnessing your frustration with, uh, I believe you called the medical administrative staff that you dealt with, particularly the gatekeepers. Yeah, uh, uh, sentry guards great, and gatekeepers. What a great term because yeah. I've experienced similar frustrations for myself. I don't know if anybody's tried to make a family physician appointment during the pandemic. It's an absolute nightmare. No one wants to see you. Um, the, the wait times are almost useless at this point because if yep. you're needing the help, they're basically sending you to the ER anyway, mm-hmm. or they're deferring you or they're trying to get you to look through Zoom or do whatever. Some of this stuff needs hands-on. That's, Absolutely. that's all there is to it. Fortunately for yeah. you, you were witty enough, wise enough to grab those x-ray results and to actually interpret them somewhat, somewhat to know this shit isn't good. We need to figure this out. And you pushed. Yeah. And uh, luckily you pushed when you did because it's now 501. You've called the on-call doc, who is not your own. This, this individual then sees what you're trying to say and they rush you in and tell you you're only days away, hours from something catastrophic and we'll get into them. What was the cause, right? Yeah, it was, um, what had happened with So they get me into the ER. They, uh, they did every, they threw every test at me. Uh, they did x-rays, they did CTs, they did EKGs, ECGs. Um, and the cat scan, when I went to the cat scan, it lit up like a Christmas tree with pulmonary embolisms in both lungs. And, uh, it's a common term for those. That would be blood clots. Blood clots uh, lit up. Yeah. Yeah. They lit up the, uh, the, the imaging, which um, if you look at the article, I actually put pictures of that in my article on, uh, on DeanBlundell.com and you can see them. And they said that uh, my heart rate, my resting heart rate at that point was about 125 beats a minute under no stress. And it was because my right ventricle is pushing it was like pushing against a uh, kinked garden hose, trying to push against the clot. Let's and kind of say no stress of your own, your physical exertional right, stress. But, but my, body bo- my body's right. under duress. Yeah, my yeah, body's under duress, duress. But yeah, but I'm not actually moving or because or those blood his- clots around your lung, your brink, your bronchial tree. There's clots, yeah. so there's the vessels all there, and the heart's trying to get the oxygen, the blood to them, and they're just and it can't. It's it's, it's congested. There's a traffic yeah. jam in the highway. And not only that, if there's clots, the oxygen, the blood that does get there isn't oxygenating properly. No, not entirely. So you're now getting the blood returning to the heart and the rest of your body. And it's not my respirations are up. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, that's right. Yeah. Sucks as much oxygen. Yeah. It was, and and, and, itself needs that oxygen to work. And and it also needs a rest. (laughs) That's right. And if you're at rest and it's 125, I mean, we're alarmed with everything that the textbook, if you will, uh, not a big fan of using textbook numbers, but a hundred is the high end of normal. Yeah. So 125 is considered tacky and uh, fast. And, yeah. And, and that's, and, and that's exactly wrong. I was, I was technically tachycardic from the time I arrived until Saturday. So um, I was considered tachycardic. How long was that? Well, that was Wednesday to Saturday. Wow. Uh, so and that was even, even while sleeping between. Even while sleeping, I was. Which makes sense, heart. right? Because this is yeah. nothing about exertion at this point. This is completely no. about physiology going on around the lungs and the heart and the blood. Which um, is why they, at that point, they had moved on on the Wednesday when I was admitted. When they finally said, "Listen, you're not going anywhere. We're putting you on thinners and you're putting you on observation." They moved a uh, a crash cart into my room, and uh, 
So for those don't, that don't know, a crash cart is. Uh, it, like if I was to flatline, like if I was to die. Yeah, yeah it's basically, um, we think something very bad potentially is, about to happen. is going to happen to this individual. Yeah. And here's all of our fancy equipment that we'll, we're going to use to the best of to our try ability and, to try, try and, and bring back. this individual back. So you, yeah. you got to witness this serving tray of life support equipment <laughs> that moved into yeah. your room. Um, uh-huh. along with the questions of, um, if, if you do crash, would you like us to intubate you? And do you have any res- resuscitation wishes or those are questions that are, um, not asked to a 41 year old healthy male. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we do ask them quite a bit in our line of work. I can't tell you that if I can honestly tell you never to a 41 year old. No, I don't have a I, DNR, <laughs> you know, okay, like I right. don't, and that's what I have never, I've at, ne- right. And yeah, the fact I've that never... it's even in the back of their mind. So now, mm-hmm. now you have adrenaline kicking in. You have some stress. Yep. And that's going to further stress the system. And it's just going to keep going around and around. Now, yep. during this time, you're in the ER and we're in a pandemic. And one of the most frustrating, absolutely disheartening parts of my job right now in this pandemic is the my lack of ability to bring a loved one to the hospital in 99% of the cases we do have certain instances where we can but many people don't realize now when you go into the emergency department specifically I'm talking the ER yeah most hospitals that I'm aware of and I can speak for the Ontario hospitals you're not allowed a guest not even one no so now this is where Ashley is sitting at home you go in on a Wednesday and Ashley has zero ability to come sit by your bedside, even though there's a crash cart there. And even listen to um, like, like hear, hear the doctor. And because one of the biggest things about, about being a patient is when you're under that kind of stress and lack of sleep and you're, mm-hmm. you're in turmoil and you're hearing that, you know, how serious your condition is, you can, you can miss a lot of things. So having Absolutely. somebody with you is so important Absolutely. to be able to, to, to absorb information just in case we're you guys, miss something Ryan, we're guys yeah there's that factor too there's the yeah genetic absolutely position of we listen like men or we look like men and we we check but we need yep. we need a second opinion quite often to say did absolutely I hear that right or did i miss something yep let and, alone uh, we got a loved one at home that can't worrying sick by yeah. your set bedside yeah. at your let's call it your your time of most need don't know if you've ever been that close to never or never and the fact that you had to do it alone and a lot of my job now is going to someone's house going to individuals homes who have called an ambulance their loved ones getting packaged up themselves they're getting dressed they're getting a bag ready to go and i have to say no we can't do this you can't be there absolutely disheartening there are uh governing bodies in place our provincial government specifically local uh, municipal councils and committees that make these rules but they put it on to us to enforce and enforce it and it's to the point that i have taken a a loved one in a spouse of 60 plus years who was not going to come home ever again and i had to tell that husband i can't take you yeah and uh, truly unfair so ashley you're sitting at home now ryan is in need um Describe that, like describe that gut-wrenching feeling of helplessness, if you will. Well, I mean, it's so frustrating, like, and it's not even 
just wanting to see somebody and wanting to spend time with somebody. It's like I can't even bring you things that you need. Like I can't I can't show up with like some clothes for you or or like, you know, even just something a little bit less awful than whatever they're serving for lunch cuz like hospital foods never top notch, let's be honest. So and I mean Ryan's a pretty picky guy, so I'm gonna get to that like, at the end of this too. A little bit of a food. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. like I can't I can't bring him anything that he needs. Like, and I'm 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 so grateful that you were able to, you know, grab your phone charger before you left so we were able to at least keep in touch. Cause otherwise I, I would have been in a pure panic. Yeah. It, it was they very have stopped hearing from me. I would have been calling them on the hour. So yeah, how were you able it was to a... communicate with Ryan through his through his cell phone? Yeah, we were just texting. Yeah, thank goodness yeah. that technology is there because we all know there's no telephones allowed in the emergency department per se. There's per uh, se. signs up around and pre-cell phones when we're working, they literally had to bring you the cordless telephone and yeah. let you talk to that. So at least you had that avenue. But I'm sure Ryan's trying to convey, as he says, the results that he's being told by these specialists mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. No. 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 Okay, so you're, well, you're the filter is... here now. Yeah, that's kind of what I was. I was. I downplayed a little bit of it in the beginning, just because of the fact that I wouldn't want to be at home with my yep. spouse in the hospital in hearing the shit that I'm hearing. Um. So it was to the point of it wasn't it wasn't shielding. It was more or down. It wasn't downplaying. It was it was just kind of softening or. Uh, maybe generalizing a little more than yeah, I knew. It, like I knew it, some it, more it, details than I had let on. Yep. And but actually is also a very intelligent individual. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and she also healthcare. spoke, she also and called and spoke to the doctor and yeah. my nurse. <laughs> well, she knows, so. Let alone if you're in the hospital more than three or four hours other than wait time. Yeah. They're keeping wrong you for nowadays. something. Yeah. And then, yeah. And I knew, I knew know. early on though. I did know early on. I'll give them that. Yeah. I only waited. I only waited to be, to be seen by the primary care physician in the ER. I only waited about three and a half hours. And that was pretty good because it was a packed ER. But my, like I say, my, sat, like my, my, my stats were toast. Right. My O2 sats yeah. were very low. My, uh, my heart rate was a concern. For, Numbers were for, going the wrong way. Definitely. Yeah. Right. So, um, but to backtrack just a bit before you, you keep going, right. what you were saying about uh, family members, I did see something that was absolutely heartbreaking when I was there. In the three hours I, I was actually waiting in the general waiting area, I found a little nook, um, which was really cool, uh, with a chair by a, an old abandoned security office. And it was kind of like a, a little little corner. And I just threw the chair in there and I didn't have to sit around anybody, but I was right by the door. And the family members that had come with emergency uh, ward patients were sitting on the outside of that sliding door in the hallway with blankets. Like there was people that you can tell had been there for f- who knows how long right. because their family members are inside. They wouldn't go home. They would just wait in a hallway, you know? So it's you're there, but you're not. And there's no, there's no reason for it. It's no different than being at home. It's not like you can go in even if something happens. Mm-hmm. And I get the reason why they do it because of, of limiting exposure inside a hundred percent. I'm on board. That's why I said to Ashley, like just stay home. We got the dog. Make sure you stay home with the dog just in case I do get stuck there, which I did. And um, it was just, it was so heartbreaking to see 
like a 70 year old lady just sitting in that chair, that uncomfortable shitty chair out in the hallway, half asleep with a blanket over her. Like they were nice enough to bring her blankets and stuff, but her husband's in there and she's not sure if her husband's coming out. Right. So these are all uh, the things within the pandemic that when we talk about people and encourage people to get vaccinated and to try and slow these mutations formating or the formation of all these mutations and, and this transmission. And these are the the stories that I I think your story is very much able to highlight right now to pull Mm -hmm. forward that us on the front lines see day in, day out, but until you're actually, I'll be honest with you, Ryan, if, if I had a loved one in there, I would probably be in that hall too with a blanket on. Yeah. I, and I, like I I say, I I understand it very well, maybe. And, um, it depends also like, we sometimes get people uh, in this situation it would be even worse where they've been in a car accident in our city, but they're from three hours away. Yep. So now yeah. they're so they don't have a in choice. town, but they're stuck in there yeah. and they have no, yeah. but they're still not allowed in. And I, I, a whole debate could be made over having say one guest in the emergency room. Yeah. If they follow the proper PPE protocols and vaccine, blah, blah, blah. We could get into that. That's yeah, a, screening that's a and podcast. you pass screens. Yeah. And and I know I'm only talking about the emergency department because once you're formally admitted into the hospital, I think your situation was the same as what I'm used to here. The guest rules change where they can actually screen the visitors mm-hmm. a little more. And Ashley was probably finally. That's what happened. See you. Yeah. But that, when I was admitted. How long were you in Emerge? I was an emerge from Wednesday at five, well, five thirty, six o'clock PM to Friday at eight PM. I was on that stretcher. And, and that thick mattress they had, you said it was two, <laughs> that two, that two luxurious. That two inches. Did you see my pillow? They don't have any pillows yeah. in the ER. Who the fuck knew nobody had pillows in the ER? If you know what? If there's a philanthropist out there like the the Firestone or whoever the hell if you're going to donate something, donate pillows to the ER. Cause I was using a sweater for two and a half Isn't days. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was crazy. Ashley can't even get you a pillow in. Right? <laughs> yeah. that's the, that's and the, and the nurses, I, I finally, and it was funny because when I did, I did end up getting a pillow, but it was like Friday morning and it was a nurse. One of my nurses, like I, I was, I got along really well with the staff in there because I was very non, uh, like they, I was just there because I had to be monitored. Right. I was, I was hooked up to monitors and none of but these I was, decisions I was, are their fault. No, no, of course, oh, no. and you're smart, and you're no. smart enough to realize that. So you don't. And I was very, and I was very um, uh, low maintenance. They they said they they didn't want to let me go to the ward because I they I was taking up a bed that it wasn't being a, like sure. a maintained bed. The next one that so, come in could run them off. Their could feet. Be, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So they said uh, they said uh, let me see what I and one of them actually left the unit and found me a pillow and like smuggled it back in and gave me a pillow on the Friday morning. I'm like, where the hell were you on Wednesday? But yeah. Thanks. You, you are crafty and, anyway, Ryan. You are uh you know how to play the the resources, you know how to 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 work with people. Exactly. And this here, this here shows your craftiness. Yeah, it was kind of um, This this was the first time I saw you. Yeah. Uh, this for those of you that can't see this, it's a picture of Dean Blundell's podcast uh and one of the guests here, bottom right, there's Ryan. He's actually the podcasting. <laughs> from the er uh he so the area where you're you're not allowed phones you're not allowed whatever ryan figures out a way to not only communicate but now he's on a friggin' live podcast across the nation and beyond but the reason i bring that up is 
Ashley, I'm reading the comments. I watched that podcast. I was following along. It's the first time I could see you as well. Yeah. And I realized Ashley's got like an emoji come on with tears on it. Like she's like, there he is. This is the first time I've seen my husband in days. And that must have been just. Um, and I didn't know he was going on the show either. <laughs> well, yeah, and, it was very uh, last minute. So yeah. I, was, I was sitting at home and I, I was just trying to just try to kill time and, you know, fill the day with something. And it was like, Oh, you know what? Throw the show on that's starting. And I was, right. I was listening. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh my God, he's there. <laughs> and, and you're, you're in healthcare yourself. Ash. You have had to be on the other side. You've had to be on my side where yeah. I've been. the um, I will vaguely say you're in, I don't, we don't need details, but you're in long-term care. And you work with individuals who you've had to, over the pandemic, tell their loved ones, no, you're not allowed in here. No, you can't come within. And and that is not your, you weren't hired for that. You weren't no. hired to be the the dictator that goes in and sets the rules down and drives. You have another job to do. But on top of yeah. that job, like all of us frontline workers, all of us healthcare people, you now have these regulations that you're having to enforce. During times of especially heightened emotions, let's say people are already stressed. Absolutely. So how how was it? You've seen both sides now. You've, you've felt both sides. Um, do you have any advice for any of us who, heaven forbid, one of us will end up in the hospital that's listening or watches this, and their loved one can't join or they can't join a loved one? So what's your recommendation? Um, well, I'd like to start by saying that I am the type of person where you could run me over with your car and I would ask you if there was anything else that I could do for you. So it's it's really hard for me to to say no to people and to tell people like, no, I'm sorry, you can't do that. So it was it was a big year of development for me as far as um, actually growing a spine and telling people like, no, I'm sorry, this is the rule. I have to enforce this because I mean, the safety of my residents, of course, is the most important thing to me, right? But I mean, just after the way, um, and and not where I'm currently working. It's it's a lovely place with lovely family members, I must say. But at, at a previous position, I had a lot of people say a lot of things to me that um, that I, that I'll never forget. Um, I had somebody tell me, you know, if I don't see my husband today and he dies, that let, like let it be on you and and things like that, and. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to tell people that I I didn't I didn't make those rules and the person that's telling you I'm sorry you can't do that didn't make that rule. They don't want to tell you that. It's breaking their heart too. So please for the love of God if you are dealing with a healthcare worker be kind. Just we were be already kind. dealing with a lot of healthcare worker abuse. Yep. Pre, pre-pandemic, it, it, it's a known problem in our industry and in your industry. Um it's a horrible Thing that's trying to be addressed through various legislation and, and laws but now it's heightened it's definitely mm-hmm. a lot worse and oh, i know absolutely. myself i've had calls that would normally be unremarkable calls like i don't mind yep. going and doing taking patient x to hospital y and they have condition z and i just deal with that but now that yep. i have the family member doing exactly what you said who are you to f and tell me i'm not going to be with my spouse and who are you, you it's like it, and you're right who am i that's right I agree. I'm just the messenger rule. here. And I blame the government a lot for not having our backs during this. It would take nothing to do a PR campaign. We have lots of PR things going on 
about the state of healthcare has changed. The rules that you know are changed and these individuals are only trying to help you. And um, there's a lot of money we've seen that wasn't utilized. Mm-hmm. Pandemic funds by our government that could have Lots. easily gone into supporting us even that way. And even if we're not the ones to tell them the first time that this is how it works, it would make our lives a lot easier for sure. Absolutely. And, and I'm- you guys are strong. Like it's amazing. But picture the 90 year old couple that um, Mrs. Smith wants to come to the hospital when Mr. Smith gets taken by us because she can't physically live in that house alone. Yep. And now it's not, I, I used to definitely take Mrs. Smith and bring her down and explain to the staff what's going on and, and that, but now I can't physically put her in the ambulance anymore because of this mm. pandemic. I've called, I'll admit, I've called a cab. I've called a cab for some family members on a call where I had them report to the hospital and say, you're likely not going to get in, but if you're, de- if you're determined, I, I, I'll at least try and figure out a way to get you that far. Yep. Um, terrible terrible stuff but you guys obviously not your typical couple persevered ryan's got his x-ray reports he's calling the doc six times a day he's getting shit done mm-hmm. ashley's sticking it out she's on the podcast watching her husband for the first time commenting on there actually laughing you had a good sense of humor with us on there and you're yeah putting in was... some lighthearted comments i always <laughs> say you have to laugh or else you'll cry that's right and or you'll die <laughs> That's become a family for you guys, right? Like, especially Ryan. Like, Ryan is definitely on that podcast regularly, and they've just Mm -hmm. brought you right in. And I know that a lot of the information until your until your great blog, Ryan, was through that podcast for me. So it it helped. It it informed, and it also, uh, I'm sure, it gave Ashley some some peace, if you will, to (laughs) say, "Okay, there he is. He's still a wise ass. He's still on his phone behind a curtain." Doing, that was the best uh, part. Doing it, this and telling us you about. Pretty good. We played guess if if Ryan's wearing pants. I remember yeah. that game yeah. we were playing, and we were playing what is Ryan's little jug for beside the yeah. bed, and is he pooping and, in a pan like great. a cat? Yeah, exactly. So you're able the, to. Uh, the the best part. The best part about this was uh, actually sorry. It wasn't the ER, but the the girls in the ER heard me obviously on the podcast. They could hear through the curtain. One of them actually, the nurses came to the, 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 like to come in and I don't know if she was coming to take my blood pressure, but she actually waited because she came and she saw, I don't know if she thought maybe I was on FaceTime or something, right. but she's like, I mean, well, there's no back. way she knew you were podcasting. No, <laughs> no. Tell me, not, right? tell me you were using the hospital <laughs> yeah. Wi-Fi. No, no, I used, oh, okay. no, I used yeah. mine. Their, their Wi-Fi right. sucks. Yeah. Okay. So, right. um, I got set, but when I was up on the ward, my uh, my nurse on the last day, they, oh there was a, a, a shift, uh, like like a squad change in the the shifts of the nurses, right? So she came in and she said, uh, um, she goes, I just want you to know I follow you on Twitter and I watch I your you. show. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. She goes, yeah. She goes, you, uh, you're a big advocate. Like she knew. She knew everything about me. She says, you're mm-hmm. a big advocate. That had to feel for- good though. Yeah, it did. It was kind of neat. It was like, okay, at least you know that I'm on your side. Thank you for not, you know, right. And you've been a voice filling me for with everybody rat poison because I'm some all these individuals all along, right? No, no, exactly. No, you were not Chris Guy showing up to the ward. Yeah. 
yeah, right. And then trying to, yeah, the, the level of care. Maybe yeah, I was just going to say it, hope, hoping that it's, uh, hoping it's an Elizabeth Wetlofer that's, uh, taking care of him, but that's right. They, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, it was so, so it was, yes, it was against the rules. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't disparaging. I was actually very complimentary of the, of the facility. Actually, uh, Hamilton health sciences. Retwe- no, they liked my tweet of my story. Um, oh. and I didn't even tag them in it. They just, they just, somebody had retweeted it because a couple of big, big, bigger names retweeted. And I know you were story. very, very, uh, complimenting, complimentary to the, uh, um, the hospital itself and, and the system. And we're not slagging yeah. everything. They were fantastic. Oh God, no, 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 it's the process and the legislation and the, the lack of, um, the lack of uh, continuity in the in the actual system. And some of the accessibility problems that we're experiencing Absolutely. at the, yeah, the front end sure. of all of these things, where diagnostics is is suffering dearly. Um, a lot people, of people are not getting checked. Not getting, yeah. and, and certain illnesses are getting found out such late stage. That, and yeah. too late in late, some cases. Yeah, yeah where, whereas you, a routine screening... My, right. Mine, I shouldn't... I wouldn't say that COVID or current issues um, put roadblocks up for me. That was my fault. I ignored the symptoms and the signals like a fucking dumb man um, that just thinks I can walk it off. Like I'm in my twenties still. I have to remind myself a lot that I'm 41 and being a 41 year old guy. So young. It's young. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm, you know, I'm two feet, you know, two and a half feet away from the grave. I'm, but it's, it now is the time where it's don't ignore things, pay a little more attention, Mm -hmm. maybe, um, you know, offer a little more um, severity to the thought process of things that like a cough like that, like that would last more than, a week and I'm literally Googling shit as I go. Like how many days have I had this cough? Seven. Okay. I'm good. Google it again in a week. Well, now I'm at like 14 days. Am I? No, it says, you know, if it's that viral, I'm making excuses for myself rather than just call the doctor, just go to an urgent care, just do something. Just hope they answer. That's the other part. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, but I will say, uh, but that- on the uh, but uh, I'm a different story though. Uh, like I'm taking ownership of it, whereas somebody that would go for a um like a routine colon screening, right, or a routine breast exam, uh, right. and they're not seeing, and they're and they're 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 just they see the process, they're confused by what the government and the facilities have in in place, and they just step back and they go. Screw it. It's too much work just to think right. through to how to get this done. And they're the ones that are falling through the cracks. Right. And they're the and ones that are finding people show yeah. up a lot sicker now. Absolutely. We're having. And I know Where that's you, not the sometimes case with you. Yours was going to strike when it was going to strike. Yeah. But you also had the issue of you were very sick, yeah. but you weren't given the attention immediately that you should have. When I finally part, pulled that trigger, right. yeah. nobody, nobody, nobody was there to, to I, receive the bullet. So yeah. I will yeah. agree with you wholeheartedly that if we are in the ambulance, our healthcare world, you are now into the risk category, that age of a male where things, we, we start to look at things a little more closely. And I right. will also say that women, females are even more 
determined. I'm not going to say stubborn, but they're determined because they're the caregivers, yep. right? And they are often even less likely to call for help because they're the ones yep. that think they should be giving. Historically, yeah. it's what we find yeah. is they're the ones that stick it out even longer. So I, I, I'm going to say yes, males in their 40s and beyond, but people in general, men and women. Yeah. Um, the problem is that the way the world is now with the pandemic is it's harder to find those initial. And as you say, it's a little more exhausting. So you have a smaller symptom, you have a smaller sign and you ignore it. And that's what you're saying, right? We can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, can't whereas, whereas in the, in the past, it would just be a quick call to the doctor's office. Right. You get an appointment yeah. in a week or two and get it checked out. That's right. Whereas well, we're glad yeah. you're, you're, you're home. No kidding. I am now. I'm and on. Uh, I'm on a lot of a lot of drugs. Like I'm a peach now. Like if you touch me, I bruise. So have you gotten um, friendly with your abdomen on the outside yet? You got like, to see it. To know it, every. It looks like uh, it looks like I got hit by a bus. Like remember so when Homer? Remember when Homer got hit with the cannonballs? Yeah. It, that's what it's like on my gut right now. It's just it's purple, and so I have to alternate. Just so everyone knows, you have some sort of random clotting disorder going on unprovoked yep. at this point right. but so they have a theory right so okay yeah they have a theory but the problem is is they can't explore the theory because of the blood thinners i can't have an endoscopy because of the amount of blood thinners i'm on now because there is a chance yeah. that i would scratch my esophagus on the inside and i would bleed out because the one place you don't want to have a bleed is in your esophagus because it, it's no. very hard to control so that's right so um, how long did they prescribed thinners for, for right now it's uh i noticed they said a month but i noticed there's a repeat on uh on my actual fragment um yeah, yeah three yeah. grand see how expensive this shit is well this three thousand dollars and it's not covered by ohip thankfully i have benefits but my benefits don't cover the entire thing pfizer offers a copay uh, of up to 20% of whatever's left over after my benefits. And I'm still out of pocket 200 bucks. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy, but um, I'm not complaining. It, it kept me alive and I'm, I'm good. And it's twice a day and it's the highest, um, the highest dose. It's, it's technically, it's the same dosage that somebody post-surgery would get laying in a bed, but I'm getting it standing up and, mm-hmm. you know, and have you had to limit your activities now? No, they they told me um, to to just take it easy at the beginning. Obviously, I'm watching. That's why I got the pulse oximeter was so I can watch my heart rate. And like my O2 is is starting to stabilize. That's fine. It's the uh, the heart rate which is the most concerning, and uh, that's actually gone down. Like my my resting heart rate now is around seventy, uh, 70, oh, 75. Yeah. It's it's not too bad. Uh, it does elevate quickly um, because the clots are still there. Like the, I'm living with clots and they I chose. To try not to piss them off. Yeah. They chose yeah. the, uh, yeah. they chose yeah. the, um, the blood root pressure. of uh, blood pressure never changed by the way. No, 120 over Ashley, 80. Ashley oh, can't yeah. be inducing high pressure situations right. when, you but, got, when you got yeah. thin, thin blood but, going on. But get this 120 over 80 consistent through the entire stay at the hospital so my blood pressure never changed but you know what that's probably your 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 that's what saved yeah and that's and that's why they that this is why they looked at it and they uh there was two routes they could have taken and there was a clot buster route and there was the thinner route and the thinner route is the longer safer route Mm -hmm. where my body dissolves the clots on their own yeah but there's no risk of having an aneurysm or 
brain bleeds as there is with a clot buster. Because when you have that Those clot buster- Those are the buster, ones our stroke patients are often getting, right? Exactly. And, and, and as far as I'm aware, you can only have that a certain number of times in your life too. Yeah. Um, and so they don't want to, obviously they don't want to waste that on a 41 year old guy right? because there the might come a time when I actually do need it for yeah. a, a more immediate issue down the road. And now that I have a unprovoked clot, that risk does elevate yeah, as I get older. So I'm on thinners, they say probably for the rest of my life at this point, just because of the unprovoked scenario. Right. But once they find out, um, once they do the endoscopy and they, they explore that route, um, that's the, uh, if, if they can say that that's definitive, then maybe I can get it fixed and it won't be an issue, but this is the best part. Now that we've said it's a pulmonary embolism and it's clot, you brought up earlier about the anti-vaxxers. Now you want to talk about everybody coming out of the woodwork saying that it was a vaccine induced thrombosis. Um, uh, my Twitter, like when Dean put the thing up, Dean's got all the anti-vax trolls on, uh, on his Twitter. So I actually went in, even though I wasn't even tagged, I just saw them and I just went in and started refuting it. I was outside of the window for the vaccine induced, um, uh, clots, um, which they say happen within the first two to three weeks of, of receiving the vax. And I'm also negative for viral antibodies. Uh, so it's not a long COVID um, scenario. It's not um, a product of, of having COVID and not knowing it, mm-hmm. where I still end up with a long COVID symptom. But when I went in, their first working theory was long COVID because my lungs presented as a COVID patient lung. They said this is identical to what we see in COVID patients um, with the pleural effusions with the massive clots on both lungs, not just one. Normally they, like, and they did, and when they did the, um, they did the Doppler on my leg, they actually found where the clot originated and it was in my left leg and it traveled from my left leg up. They saw the spot. It was behind my knee. And um, uh, I don't know how they know it. It's almost like a post-mortem on your vein. Like they can actually see where it was. Like maybe there was a fragment or something. Yeah. Or there was, maybe there might've been a fragment still in there. Um, yeah. I'm not sure they didn't really, I didn't ask. I should have, I'm kind of curious now. Um, when I talk to the thrombosis team, I, I might actually ask them about that, but, um, yeah. So fighting the, fighting those idiots off on the internet, you know, it's like, I understand you, you're, you're trying to be able, of all people yeah. to be an advocate though, against all of these arguments. Yeah. Like it, I'd be it, the first, you imagine if it was one of them, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, holy exactly. shit. So we, we as a whole, us pro-vax camps, couldn't have had a better spokesperson to say, screw off. It's not <laughs> it. Here's the educated reason behind it. Exactly. No and I did. I offered up I offered up my 5G. medical I offered up my medical diagnosis to perfect yep. strangers just to yeah. try okay. and And I encourage and not, everybody again to go to DeanBlundell.com on the news blogs, read Ryan's blog that he's posted there. Um I, I didn't want to share it all because that's your story. It's a great story. No, it's on fine. It's, a, it's actually pinned and, to my Twitter. Uh, I think it's a fantastic story, a fantastic read. Now, question, Ashley. Mm. Yes, sir. Old Ryan, pre, pre-Ryan's pre current size, this happens. What do we think? She wasn't around for that, Ryan. No, just he, so wouldn't, you know. have, he fine, wouldn't have made it. Fine, but she knows there was a 
there was oh, yeah. two or three more Ryans. Yeah, no, he wouldn't there. have made it. No, Remember, there's exactly. no way. That guy would have walked halfway up a flight of stairs and he would have passed out and died. That would have been that would have been a cardiac arrest immediately. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody doesn't know Ryan out there, he lost at least 10 or 15 pounds over the last few years and he's changed himself. (laughs) Uh, The total number, Ryan? Uh, I think it was it was around 200 pounds. It was about 220 pounds. pounds. Yeah. To be able to put (laughs) your body into a situation where it can actually fight. If something like this happens, you good for you. And um, you are a foodie. It's in your genetics. And if food is what led you to Saturday with Dean to try and have this food fest, I wanted your uh, your comment here on uh, oh. the uh, this. I think it's chicken. Okay. Yeah. Let's so. um, all right. Let's break oh. it down. So what we're looking at here is a beautiful oh, succulent uh, <laughs> breast of uh, Canadian grade A uh, poultry um, with very very distinct painted on grill marks that uh, offer zero flavor, but they do offer an aesthetic appeal to the bleached white meat uh, that is surrounded by a bed of mushy orange that has a flavor of carrot. And um, there's a salsa. There's actually a beautiful, beautiful tomato salsa. It's a very alfresca. Um, tomatoes that were from when Ronald Reagan was in office uh, underneath that um, that soaks into that beautiful bed of long grain rice and actually that rice was delicious just so you know out of the, all the food that I did eat there I took that margarine little margarine pack that I s- stole from my breakfast that I never used for their muffins that were absolutely dog shit and I put it into that rice and it was actually edible. So, and I don't like peas, so I wouldn't eat the peas. Or I got so you're mad. A foodie, you're a cook yourself. You, you're a connoisseur. So um, needless to say, I don't think people will be rushing in to the hospital food. Not for the food. Uh, yeah. Menus. The first day <laughs> that I could see him, I brought him a very, very big snack. Yeah, she brought, uh, we've got a a bakery, a little Portuguese bakery here in town where we live. And they make these muffaletta sandwiches that are just absolutely like just a sodium filled shitty thing. And she brought it for me and beautiful, probably not the best cardiac uh, heart smart uh, meal, but I needed something. And then, uh, but when they finally took me off, you know what it was when they finally took me off of bed rest, when I was on the ward, they said, you can, um, like I had a, I had a monitor like a telemetry pack um and i was being monitored on another ward um they said you can uh you can get up now i said can i actually leave the ward they said yeah if you want to right to the cafe right to the salad bar like they had salads and it was like i just wanted a fresh vegetable like there's one thing you can't Mm -hmm. get and this is something that needs to be advocated as well and it's a very low priority thing i get that a nutritionist looks at what's in those meals and it's the bare minimum of what you need yeah. to survive. But giving them a f- option of a fresh goddamn salad every once in a while wouldn't hurt. You know, you want to talk about getting well. You're talking about the whole package. Sleep. Give them a pillow, please, in the ER. Yeah. Food. Give them some salad. <laughs> Even though with clots, you're not supposed to have the leafy greens. But apparently the amount of blood clot or the blood thinners that I'm on, I'm allowed to yeah. eat them because they don't care. They said there is nothing you can eat that will 
override what we're giving you at this point. So when when you move to the oral medication, we'll talk about diet issues and, you know, maybe like not eating so much spinach or whatever. Um, and just Would the general love? general wellness inside the hospital for getting better. And you're that Wednesday, with people with a decreased appetite to begin mm. with because they're not feeling well. So yep. why not give them some very tasty nourishing well, just fresh just fresher stuff that is palatable so that they i remember i remember when like i used to love the hospital food at uh, st joe's hospital which is part of hhs i believe now as well it's part of the network anyway and their food was great but now this one is just it's a steamer tray yeah. the one night brad you gotta oh check this out so the one night they had fish i was gonna say i already knew where you were going with that fish and chips breaded fish and chips in a steam tray. How do you get Ugh. fucking potatoes Ugh. in a French fry Ugh. state and fish? Batter. Breaded fish in a steam. Ugh. How do you steam a breaded fit? I, I didn't even. I didn't even. Or was it a knife I did, and fork? <laughs> I didn't even yeah. let them put it on my table. I'm like, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. That no thankfully kidding. was the first day I was allowed to actually leave. I went down. I got myself a salad and a soup. Goat and cheese. At least, the, at least your floor would have oh. wafted of steamed fish to make you feel even better even i i enjoy fish but a certain sense so do i I love that not like that nobody does no so but like i say i understand the bare minimum nutritional values of food yes it would just be like eating an i'd rather eat it i'd rather drink a can of onshore if all we're all we're aiming for is the nutrition you probably had an iv in already they could have just given you a nutrition (laughs) give me something that way yeah Exactly. So, but I, uh, I, I finally was discharged on the Monday of this past week, like a week ago, uh, tomorrow. Yep. And, um, it's been onward and upward. Like, I mean, every single day, these, uh, blood thinners are like my, my savior. They did actually put me on, I I think it was like peptazolin. Uh, it was a crazy, uh, antibiotic intravenously for the first two days, uh, because I did have pneumonia in there as well. Which was like, the, did. why wouldn't you? But it, but and yeah, it was no so, yeah, right. It, but how funny is it that I don't even bring it up because it yeah. was so serious. Exactly. Even well, though the pneumonia secondary. is very serious, it was very secondary. Yeah. So right. I was on antibiotics for like really strong shit for like five days. They they had IV for two, and then um, uh, PO for for three or four days, and that cleared it out. Plus these thinners, dude. It was like a, a transformation within a day. Like a day and a half, I was able to actually like feel my breath coming I'm sure back. In the old again. Incredible Hulk scenes when you just this the clothes are ripping off you, you're fed, you're better, you're you're anticoagulated, you're you're out <laughs> yeah, of it. Yeah, it's away right. you yeah. go. I, I got no more Jello blood. I'm good. Yeah. yeah, the the pudding pops are gone. Next well, thing this, I knew, um, he was making fajitas. Was, yeah, was like I, I, I came home. I made fajitas that day. Like the day I came home, I uh, I made uh, I made a beautiful dinner. And honestly, nothing I, heals you up like home, right? You get home, this, you get your own family, you get your own cook. It, it, it oh, just yeah. rapidly helps yeah. that. Absolutely. So, oh, yeah. so I, I really sure appreciate that- you guys. Um, I don't want to, I could keep you here for hours. Really <laughs> I know good. this is a, it's quite the story. We have, uh, we have that effect on people. And, it's quite the story. And I also have, have uh, both of you as podcasters on. It, it's just such a, it's a privilege really to be able to have this conversation. And this was an unscheduled, I kind of have a few podcasts lined up through the weeks of what I want to do. And, when this happened to you, I thought, you know what, what better person or people to come and speak during the pandemic of this inside view 
of the hospital walls looking out and then Ashley not being able to, to come in. So uh, I really appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate um, the opportunity. This was uh, this was really good. It was it's nice to talk about. It's a sad story, but it's a great story. Like, it, it, I don't want to. It wanna, has a good ending. It could have been a sad story. It's okay. Yeah, well. It could have yeah, been sad. There, there's some trial. You missed Fatterday. I mean, does it get worse? <laughs> we, you, we're you, already you in talks. It. You didn't partake. We're already. Yeah, no, I brought the food. Like, everything was there. I know. Dean, Dean keeps Dean talking ate. about eating it. <laughs> Dean's yeah, kids like, ate. Yeah, um, so. Dr. Viv got to try a bunch of stuff. Now um, I know where Dean is, so next yeah. time I may just happen to be in the area with a you goodie. Might like, have I don't need to, to come be. in. Just no, a doggy bag and um like a drive I'm gonna be yeah, just taking any donations <laughs> and collections. I'll even give you your fragment that day to give you a yeah, That's right. You yeah. come you, nice. you come and yeah. jab me. That's yeah. right. Nice. That's, so, yeah. that's the one thing I couldn't do, by the way, just for a funny funny aside. I had to get them to train Ashley how to do it. Um because I couldn't st- I couldn't stab myself. So a lot of people right that are the there, the, 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 the blood thinner you're on is a needle and it actually yeah. goes into your abdominal section. Right? Or in my butt. They said I can well, put it in my butt okay. too. Well, I'm yeah. assuming you chose abdomen. <laughs> it's but. my abdomen, yeah. but yeah, okay. no, but I, I, um, I tried, I tried, I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to actually put the needle in until Monday or Tuesday. So I got discharged on the Monday. Problem with Fragman is it's so expensive that the uh, pharmacies don't carry it. They have to order it in especially in that kind of a quantity. And they gave me one needle to go home with. So I was good up until the morning of Tuesday. Now I need a needle and my pharmacy doesn't have them and they don't have them until noon because they ordered True. them on the Monday for me. So by the time I got there, it was 1230. I'm three and a half hours overdue for this needle. Ashley's at work. I'm at the pharmacy and I'm like, do you guys have a bathroom that I can go in and, and fight myself for 45 minutes to get this into me? And they let me use their uh, their little facilities. I um, finally was like, you know what? I, I kept saying in my head, if you don't do this, you're going to die. And that gave oh, me the uh, self-courage to. I wish that's. I'm about to ask you a question about being a fly on the wall, but that's, I want to be a fly on the wall with that kind of <laughs> see that <laughs> a needle there and you're looking at it and you're sweating and you're dancing around and the cap's off, the cap's on. And I yep. can just picture it. It was but, so, and it was like, and, and every excuse, oh, is that enough of, of a pinch? Should I pinch more here? Should I go to this side? What side did we do it yesterday? So finally I was like, stop being a poos. Yeah. Don't be a poos poos. And I finally did it. And now I got no problem. Now, I, like oh, I was on Bonzi show Friday. Now? Right. What's that? Sorry. Is it you doing it all the time now? Yeah, I just do it now. Yeah. yeah, no, no, it's 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 been all me. Uh, like well, on Friday night, I did Bonzi show, and I actually was live. I realized, oh shit, I got to take this needle while I'm on the show. I'm like, okay, oh really? I guess, yeah, you. I guess I'm popping a needle in me while <laughs> we were oh, talking hey. about Bonzi selling his RV. So it was pretty way. good. Yeah, Ashley, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you you overcame that really quickly. Yeah, it was it was just I, one of the. I just couldn't, I, I kept saying about how do junkies do this? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, you know. And I could do a whole story on that. I've, I've picked up people that shoot in their eyes. They shoot under their uh, fingernails. Okay, stop. So they, stop like, it. we could do a whole nother episode. Stop it. Yeah. Under the fingernails. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I got a picture of them. I'll DM you that one. So stop um, it. Uh, I would also like actually, to see it, but uh. <laughs> recommendations for people that are unfortunate enough to go through what you're going through or what you went through. Any final thoughts, Ash? when they're going to deal with these healthcare, either as, as a worker yourself or as a family member who can't go with that level. Just try and stay calm. 
I mean, not like sociopath calm, but like, um, just be cool. Don't freak out on the staff. It's not their fault. Don't panic to your loved one because they're already having a really crappy time and they probably don't need the extra stress from you. Um, and all over Ontario right now, they're offering free therapy. So, um, you know, give somebody else a call and uh, feel free to yell at them instead. I, I really wish people would take more advantage of that. It's so yeah. true. Well There's so much well mental said. health support that's out yeah. there that's just not advertised well. Yeah, right. just and don't, it, it, don't it, take it, it out a, in the wrong place. It is an issue. It's almost touching every call we're doing now. You know, whether it's the call for mental health or whether it's a call something else, but mental health is affecting it even more. So well, very I, well said. Again, and Ashley, thank you for everything you do in your world and um, right long-term care world. And Ryan, thank you for your story. I have three, three questions. Ryan, I'm going to go with uh, your recommendations as to what we went earlier, where just don't sit on something. If it's bugging you, if something isn't right, check it out. Yeah. Um, We'll keep that message there. I think it's a solid message, and I think yep. one that needs to be taken seriously. It's easy to say. It's easy for all of us to say, but uh, it's another thing to do it. So both of you, um, I got three questions I asked my guests. Now, we've been running a bit long here, so I'm going to kind of split them up. Ryan, if you could be a fly on the wall anywhere, anytime, who or what would you be listening in on if you could? Ooh. I would have to say Sunday dinner at the Ford residence with Krista <laughs> Ford, the anti-vax idiot yes. and her father, call. the premier of Ontario. I would love to hear how that goes over. Basically hear how he's going to fake his belief in what he's saying is what he believes yeah. as opposed to what his family's going with. 100%. I agree. Good call. Uh, yep. I'm going to actually ask Ashley the same. I know I said I was going to spread the question out. Um, what are you worried not- about? We were about network time? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want people to think, man, this guy just doesn't stop talking. But it's a great, it's a great, uh, it's been a great pot. I, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. a lot this. of fun. Yeah. Um, Sorry, honey. No, it's okay. I don't, I'm having a hard time thinking of something. Okay. But yeah, I've anyway, had. Like what it, I've what had inspires really... you? What, what kind of intrigues you? Um. I don't think it's so much like a fly on the wall thing. It's like I wish I could crawl inside people's heads sometimes and and actually see the inner workings of individuals, specifically that I work with. Yeah. I would like to As know why. Coworkers, I definitely like, like my residents. I wish great. I could crawl inside someone's head so I could figure out what they need and what I could give them to make their life easier. Good, and that's kind of dementia related when they can't express so. these things or they yeah. have some kind of organic brain issue going on yeah and you wish you could get in there and peel those answers out because you know yeah they, that's something i think about them. a lot yeah is yeah, if that's i could a, just be that fly on the wall in somebody's yeah. brain for a little inside, bit to see how yeah. things... so inside the cranial wall right? yeah Good for you um and again that just that just highlights your character that, that you're she's you're, good at it too desire to be able to help even more Absolutely. She's so, uh she she's been instrumental. This is and I'm I'm just gonna because she's my wife and I'm gonna I'm gonna up her here. Um, she's been instrumental, very instrumental in a lot of breakthroughs in some of the more difficult patients that she do, or sorry residents that she does work with. And um, there's nothing more cool like there's nothing cooler than seeing your your wife proud 
of yeah. like breakthroughs like and those are big like that's a big breakthrough when you're dealing with a dementia Absolutely. or a, or an alzheimer's patient or somebody with you know some sort they, of a, 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 they say a lot of that's trust like sometimes they can't necessarily now it's all hearsay because we'll never truly know you never really know alert. yeah it's, it's such a wonder wonderment of of science like that we we don't know for sure but mm-hmm. if they're around someone they can trust sometimes that information can flow a little bit more easily and yeah. i can imagine that's part of it ash is that you're able to to tease that out of them or provide them that that opportunity to let it go so good for you and you should be uh applauding that right yeah it's a great no, thing very proud of um, very proud of the work that she does thank you one one thing i ask everybody too is we can't use this okay <laughs> we cannot use this oh. uh, i just showed if you're watching if you're listening on the audio i just showed the hospital chicken <laughs> dinner that uh. was described earlier but if you could have one food for the chicken. rest of your life ryan what are you gonna have one thing only this is really You're funny because I have a I have a similar question that I ask people. And it's about a desert island, and there's a box. And every time you go to that box, the same thing is in there. And this every is, and, but every time, and you can't share with anybody else on the island. So it's a very similar it's question. And, no, it's it food. It's food. It's food and booze or or drink. So you right. can have whatever. So mine was always, and you you've got all the fresh water on the island. You can have. Yeah, and you can if you catch fish and there's fruit and there's vegetables like on the island, but like a dish. And I always say mine is breaded chicken wings in like a buffalo butter hot sauce really? with the carrots and the ranch dressing on the side and the celery. So and a wet ice, wing, not a dry wing. Oh yeah. Oh, I love my wings so that'd be saucy. And saucy and crispy and breaded. Like, and I mean like big knobby. You remember Chaps? I don't know if you ever heard of Chaps. There was a restaurant here that was very popular that had these like insane so knobby, crunchy, like it would hurt your mouth. They were so crispy, like the just and soaked in the sauce. And then an ice cold, and I mean ice cold draft beer, just a domestic draft beer. I don't even care what it is, but it has to be ice cold in that box. And I'm a happy, happy guy. Good. Not, not where are you going to get fried? Where are you going to get fried breaded chicken wings on a fucking desert island? You know, right? yeah. <laughs> okay, I, we're not questioning the draft beer, but we're questioning <laughs> where the chicken wings are coming from. That's yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, you could brew. I guess you could brew like something out of something. Yeah. I don't know how ice I, cold it would be. You make toilet hooch in a jail. You can make beer on an <laughs> island, I'm sure. Yeah. So I think, think this Ash? is why Ryan and I actually ended up getting married. Is because when we were dating, he asked me this question. And really? I had almost the exact same answer as him. And I, I said, oh, I said, I'm, but I, I don't want, I want like boneless wings. That's the only difference. I just want to be able to <laughs> inhale them without thinking about it. I don't want to have to eat around bones. That's not a real no. chicken wing. Um, I was going to ask that, Ryan. Is that a term or is that a chicken now, finger? No, it's a chicken finger. Just I a love smaller chicken one. Fingers. She does. I don't care. She, I'm she's like the chicken finger queen. We could go to we could go to <laughs> we could go to Edgewater Manor in Stony Creek. We could go to Lord Nelson's in Toronto, and she would ask, "Do you guys have a gourmet chicken finger and fry that I could?" Have I need instead? to know. Like, gourmet. We, you know what I mean? Like she she yeah. would look for chicken fingers and fries at the Lord Nelson if we were there. I got you. So, Shut up. Oh, good for you. You know what you like. You know like. I do. Yeah, she eats like a five-year-old. At least it's not something so unique that you can never find. <laughs> it, right? You're off. Exactly. Right. What about you? What's yours, Brad? Oh, I've always said seafood. 
I'm a seafood, seafood? Guy. Yeah, yeah, see, well, I, I don't know if I can specify what. Probably just a mash. Probably shrimp, there. just because scallops. of how much I have shrimp. But yeah, I mean scallops, uh, crab, lobster. See, uh, I, I this is where this is why I, I I I revert mine to the desert island with the fresh fish and the fresh fresh veggies, right? So he's got to have it. And that's the nice thing about having. That's the nice thing about having podcasters as guests, because now I can I can turn it back around on you. Oh yeah. My uh, my addendum to that question on the desert island is, you're also given an iPod, and you have the entire discography of any artist in the uh, of all time who's on that who's on that iPod. Pearl Jam. I listen. Beatles. Pearl Jam. Yeah. I I, mine was always. And they uh, have a lot. At least with Pearl Jam, you could hit shuffle, mm -hmm. and you could get a few hours of no repeat. Yeah. If I had I, said uh, machine gun, whoever Kelly, Kelly, it might be a short shuffle. List, you know? so, no, I always, I always said mine would be. Uh, I was, I was always a toss up between Elton John and the Beatles mm -hmm. because so they have a, classic, a pretty, classic. yeah, they have a pretty, uh, yeah. pretty diverse one. But the Beatles would be the longest, I think. And a huge, yeah. oh, you would, you huge. would get the same song for days. <laughs> yeah, and that's right. why I chose it. I, I've yeah. always said too. the Beatles, and it's just yeah. because of the variety, right? Like the, yeah. the amount of different albums. It's like there's something for every mood. That's right. I actually yeah, have so. a special, uh, if you don't mind a, a, a little plug, I have a special um, episode of, and it's not Sheeple Shepherd usual material, but I'm doing a, uh, a special on um, license, uh, music that's fallen out of license category mm -hmm. and royalty category where um, as, as a music guy, I'm a fucking huge like audiophile, uh, but and a podcaster and it kills me that I can't play music on my podcast. I can't use bumper intros more than 15 seconds because of mm -hmm. licensing and ASCAP rules and all of that. But I found a loophole about um, some, some music that's fallen out of license category that you could use. It's free license, it's free, uh, free market, no, no, no issues. So I have a podcast that's coming up to explain that to fellow podcasters and just general public and it's also going to have some really good music in it uh house of the rising sun you know the song house of the rising yeah, sun yeah. and it's you know the original you know the original one was recorded it was it's called the it was called rising sun blues in 1922 oh, i had no idea yeah no idea. so make wild. sure listen to this podcast it's gonna, it's gonna blow your mind i picture that era with it like i picture that kind of let yeah alone yep. decades before. you picture the animals the, the animals yeah. version yeah. of it right hmm. Yeah, see, that's a licensed copy of the song, but the original actual copy of the song is now fallen out of license because of it's a hundred years old. Yeah. It's, believe it or not, that's a yeah, it's going to be a good one. So, 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 so tune in. <laughs> so, third question, last question of uh, for me anyway. I have a feeling I know Ashley's answer, but Ryan, the smelliest place you've ever been? Smelliest. I have the answer to this. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought I had the answer to this. Yeah. Actually, I've had the answer to this for 20 years up until the time I was in the hospital. But listen, so you got a new one. No, no, nothing changes. Uh, the original the original answer is the worst. And I worked for a company that did um, emergency response, um, hazmat. Uh, like cleanups? Yeah. Remediation stuff. Remediation of a hazmat cider. Um, and in Hamilton, there's a, there's a company called, I don't know if it's still called it, but it's called Can Canamera Foods. And it was down on the docks. 
and they were a soybean processing company. And I don't know if you've ever smelt soybeans when they're being processed into oils or, or whatever. Reminds me of driving along the lakeshore in Toronto. It's there used horrible. to be that. Yeah, that horrible stench. It's like a oily, greasy, thick, just the air just hangs. And it's, yeah. it's not repulsive out in the open, but when you're in the pit that actually generates that. And that's what we used to do. We used to go into these pits of the where the ships come in. And we used to um, uh, get rid of the where that smell generated. And it was to the point where there was rats the size of small dogs um, inside those pits. And you would, and, and they, they used to laugh. They say if there was ever a new employee, they would always vomit the first time they went in there because it was so overwhelming. And it was true. There was not one. My, I'm getting that mouth watery throat tightening just thinking yeah. about it. Um so that was bad. And so that was horrible, but there's a close second. And that would be my friend Winifred in the, in the, uh, in ward F3 at the Juravinsky hospital. Um, this lady was all of 90 pounds and she would shit like a goose every seven minutes. I swear to God, she was pooing. But I didn't see her eat anything, and I didn't see oh. her taking any sort. Of, like she wasn't on a feed tube, and when she did eat, it was very minimal. But the wow, the smell yes. that came out of and Ashley was there to 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 experience it once, and it was um, overwhelming. We'll say that the yep. least, it was overwhelming. And she picked her times, man: breakfast, lunch, Only when you're eating, right? Dinner, right yep. when you're about to eat, or right when you're about yep. to have a oh. snack. Like she would hear you open the bag of peanuts and. Time for Winnie to let the geyser go, and yeah, yeah, the Trials PSWs would come in. in. Hospitals, just, yeah. so it was something else. So well, I don't know. Okay, Actually, so what are we going to go with the soy? Or are we going to go with? Blue? I'm going to go with the soy. Yeah, okay. that one was that one's terrible. I got. One, I, I, I didn't throw up. From, I remember. I didn't throw up from Winnie's poo. <laughs> Winnie the poo. Winnie's yeah. poo. Oh my That's god! Right. Well so, done. What about? Um, I, I mean, you work in long term care. Um, yeah, but the dog did get skunked twice last year, oh, and that was pretty that's rough. True. Yeah, that was pretty that. rough because it and when it's not at a distance, when it's like really close, it's almost oily, like burnt, oily product rubber. right all over. Oh. It's, it's a burning bad. smell. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so I've, there was that was I've a pretty struck a skunk in the ambulance. It's been the worst. Yeah. Um, oh, like in I the wheel well, vehicles, but it got stuck in the dually tires and tracked oh. back to yeah. the station. But that yeah. wasn't even as close as. A dog. I've heard it's absolutely horrid. So do you have a and, do you have a secret life hack that everybody you know what everybody talks about tomato soup or tomato juice? No, doesn't do it. Um, Dawn dish soap and peroxide. Yeah, Dawn the a. blue Dawn dish soap. You see yeah. the commercials where they're like washing ducks and penguins after right. oil spills and stuff. That right. is the stuff with peroxide. Peroxide. peroxide mixed in with it to kind of yeah. You make like a solution thing. with mm. um, baking soda. Good to know. Good to yeah. know. Yeah, nice life hacks foamy. on the old podcast we got everything going on here Absolutely. well you yeah, got the, I, you got the pooch so you never know yeah exactly know. I'm, I'm worried about all the time and i try and get as much info ahead of time as i can i should probably yeah. have well, we do have dawn so there's dawn around somewhere so let's <laughs> yeah go. we actually yeah. had an emergency kit at one point in our bathroom yeah. at the old house because we had a family of them living in the uh, under the, the shed 
of our neighbor. neighbor's yard. Yeah. And oh. they used to get into our yard and that's why Charlie got hit twice in the same year. So we said, that's it. We need to have the emergency kit there. Yeah. So it was ready just in case it ever happened again. So always Good. a backup blue dawn <laughs> under the sink. Always <laughs> yeah. a fresh one. And you know, what's bad if it out, it out competes every smell you could have ever had in a long-term care facility. So, you know, it's, that's strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? like, yeah. You know, my, you go into long-term care places yeah. all the time too, yeah. Brad. So yeah, I, I took to the next day off so as to not offend my residents and coworkers. I was like, I'm going to stink. So I'll stay home yeah. today. Like nobody yeah, needs to be here. And your yeah. house would be penetrated. It'd be just awful. Yeah. And then, and then you become nose blind to it after a period of time because you've just been in With, it for so long so and you actually, yeah. you need to like invite a stranger over, like, please, can you smell my house and tell me if it's still here? Like you, you need like an outside source to help you. Yeah. Unreal. Well, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, those two are both unique answers that I haven't had yet <laughs> on the pod. So thanks for that. And thanks for joining me today. Oh, Ryan this and is a real pleasure. This is a lot and, of fun. Uh, yeah. Great. And again, uh, baby. So we figure out, I think right now, as we're recording this, Winnipeg's playing Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. Yeah. I'm actually going to be uh, competing. So I'm probably taking you away from that. Might be a blue bomber uh, uh, Hamilton game again, just like last time. So I'd like to, uh, I'd like to see uh, how that ends tonight, but I'm not, uh, I wasn't as invested in the, in the West as I was in the East. So it's okay. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, cheering for your team that's for sure that's close to home that'll be a close that'll be my closer home team so we'll yeah go for that no um i'm cheering for you guys too uh keep, thanks buddy keep on keeping on ryan and ashley both have their sheeple shepherd podcast i encourage everybody to get on and, and have a listen ryan is pretty much uh a regular now on dean blundell's 3 p.m which is, almost podcast and he's <laughs> which is why i'm three. yeah which is why we don't uh not doing it. Ashley's very busy with her anti MLM um, uh, advocacy doing a great and, job and work too. there. Doing yeah. it in, yeah, they just shut. Actually, she'll be on Dean's show Tuesday to talk about some really talk cool about things. The dirt removal process of getting that the dirt plus, out of the world. Yeah, plus the new venture that sh- that they're working on, <laughs> which is absolutely disgusting. Good. And then um, I've been so busy with Dean's show that uh, our 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 podcast is uh, on a bit of a hiatus. So I, that's why I thought I'd do something fun. Um, we've got the cult. We're working on a cult one, uh, cult mentality uh, mm-hmm. special, but that's a very uh, in-depth thing. So that's taking some research time. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Was... Check us out. We're uh, I encourage we're everybody to tune in. Um, Please do. Thank you. Definitely very well informed pod. It's a very well uh, fabricated. It's very well thought out. It's it's uh, informative, entertaining, and um, it's a take no shit kind of. Kind of broadcast. I love it. Look up. Uh, I believe it's episode fifteen or fourteen. It's uh, Brad Hopper, this guy that we know. Yeah. He was on that one. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a good uh, pod. Definitely worth a listen. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate sure. it. Yeah, it was great being on with you. Uh, yeah, Brian, we had a and it's lot been of great having both of you on today. I know I've taken a bunch of your time during okay. CFL playoffs at that. Oh no! And uh, I hope you keep healing up. We're all cheering for you, Ryan. Thanks, brother. Yeah, and I Ashley, feel good again. Uh, thanks for advocating against these mlm uh crooks and i'm going to leave it at that because lots lots of people can learn what you're doing on your pods and how successful you've been especially of recent and you said tuesday dean blundell. Yeah, tuesday should be on the dean blundell show I encourage everyone to have Talking a listen um this pod may not even be out by then but we're gonna have, it'll be right around then so <laughs> they can right. always go back to it doesn't have to be live that's they can right track back but no they can track yeah, it back I, uh, 
Uh, kudos. Stay safe. Keep those you uh, too, injections buddy. going, Ryan. We'll yeah, be you, uh, you stay safe on the road. We'll do. We're doing our best. We're trying to get through yeah. it and uh, stay out of those hospitals and hopefully make it down to the old <laughs> game on next yeah, I'll have Saturday, to actually. The 12th? Uh, Nick, it's on the 12th, right? So yeah, our Blue Jays, our Blue Jays uh, blogger Nick Reed just actually yeah, sent me a message, and he said that he wants to. Uh, he's trying to coax uh, Dean into sending us in as uh, as correspondence together. So oh. we'll see how that great. goes. Yeah. Great, I'd love uh, to go with Nick. Nick's a great dude. Got a wicked sport brain on him, doesn't he? Exactly. Just I wouldn't have to. I could do all the beer drinking, and he could do all the sports commentating. It'd be yeah. fantastic. Great teamwork. Good stuff. It's nice. <laughs> well, I'm going to zoom. No kidding. It's good to know people, eh, Ryan and Nash? That's right. <laughs> well, I look forward to the next Saturday. We'll keep our eye on your social yep. for that. Your socials are at the bottom of the screen here. Yeah. And they Check can follow out. along at your Sheeple Shepherd as well. And um, cheers. I'm going to zoom cheers, you guys bro. out. We're going to get to the credits here, and we're going to roll. Enjoy Thanks, the rest Brad. of Have your uh, weekend. Thanks very you much well. for joining, everyone. Uh, looking good. Stay safe, and we'll chat soon. You got it, pal. Thank you. See you later. All right. Bye-bye. Ryan and Ashley Lindley. Imagine that on this podcast. What a great bunch. So glad to see that their story is uh, moving forward in a positive way. Both their podcast, their research, uh, their family life, their health. Good for them. Um, I encourage you to follow along, as I said, Sheeple Shepherd podcast. They, as well as this pod, are part of the DeanBlundell.com network. We thank Dean Blundell and his entire crew for supporting us, getting us rolling. Uh, the Offload Delay podcast, when you're watching now, can be seen on DeanBlundell.com or YouTube on the Offload Delay channel. Also available on audio on Apple Podcasts and Apple Spotify, or sorry, on Spotify. And we also have uh, our socials, Offload Delay, for Instagram, Twitter, and the YouTube channel, and a much less we use Facebook. That's it, everyone. Hopefully you had some uh, insight, got some insight on the world of the hospital ER setting and healthcare in general during this pandemic and maybe learned a thing or two and uh, join me in cheering along Ryan on his road to recovery. And again, Ashley, congrats on your success and we'll be chatting soon. Take care. Be safe. Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>